You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. And that's what you need, my friend. You don't need another deal with the devil or a deal with yourself. You need a relationship with God Almighty, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said you must be born again. Somebody say amen. You must be born again. There is no other way. You say that's awful narrow. Narrow as it is, it's right as rain. Yeah. By the way, that that, uh, little label don't bother me. In your life, you've probably tried to make a few bargains. You've bargained with others and even yourself when it comes to your own relationship with Christ. Bargaining and excuses are never ending. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to make a clear choice and stand firm in it. And in today's message, Pastor Gary will remind you that there's nothing on this earth besides the saving grace of Jesus Christ that can set you free. No other deal in this life can save you from your sin. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 27 as he continues his message, Let's Make a Deal. And the Bible says even in the last days that many will heap to themselves those kinds of teachers having itching ears. They, they're looking for that kind of speaker and there are many that are willing to accommodate their lust for well-spoken and well-polished sermons. Amen. And do you realize that uh, with my talent of delivery if I so chose to uh, if God would let me and he won't but I could have a much bigger gathering than I have right now if I chose uh, to slight my words a little bit and if I chose to pump you up and Instead of saying, thus saith the word of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, We could build a much greater congregation, but we would not necessarily be building a church. Amen. Uh, It would be more like a social club. Amen. Uh, And let me tell you something. The church of the living God is to take orders from headquarters. uh, And our commander in chief is the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, And uh, this very second, a church or a so-called prophet or so-called pastor begins to make a deal, amen, uh, with the devil to see how much money he can make with this thing called church uh, and this thing called religion, amen. As soon as they begin to do all of that, uh, they need to strip the name church from off their sign uh, and call it what it is. It's a moose lodge or it's something else, but it's not the church of the living God. Uh, when you reject to let the head of the church take full charge and God uh, help the preacher that one day is going to give an account uh, for leading many astray uh, and they're not really in it to, to profit you. They're in it to profit themselves. Uh, but they speak with such eloquent words that they'll convince you uh, that they're the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, but God give us some spiritual discernment today uh, to help begin to identify when we're hearing it right and when we're hearing it wrong. Amen. Uh, and you don't need to just congratulate every eloquent speaker that comes through and, uh, and looks like they got it all together. Because guess what? Uh, it could be a ravening wolf. It could be somebody 
just profiteering, being opportunistic with the masses. And God send us some people that are not in the pulpit for a paycheck and for a parsonage, but will be willing to part ways with their financial package if it means standing for truth and if it means declaring the word of God. I'm not for sale and never shall be because I know who bought me and I know who owns me. Amen. And the church ought to feel the same way. And the one of the reasons we have so many false prophets in our churches today is because many uh, churches are spiritually ignorant as to what's going on. If they would study their Bible. I used to work in a bank as a tailor, believe it or not. Yeah. And what we learned how to do, we learned to identify counterfeits, not by studying counterfeits, but by studying the real document. What makes a bill authentic? You study the authentic components of a dollar bill or a Benjamin or whichever it is, and you will more easily identify the fraud. And here's why, because the frauds can take any number of variations. But when you know the real deal, it's a lot easier to spot a fake. You know why so many are washed about with every wind of doctrine? You know why a lot of people don't want this kind of red hot preaching today? Because they're not familiar with the book. Oh, they say they're a Christian, but they can quote about two and a half verses. And they don't even quote them right. Hello. They don't even quote them in context. Eat this book. Amen. Get this book in you. And don't take my words for it. You read this book for yourself. And you let the good Holy Ghost lead and guide you. And what will happen is if you hear something fraudulent, you'll be able to immediately identify as a fake and a fraud. And you won't be deceived by those who are profiteering off of people who are naive and ignorant of the Word of God. That's why it's important for you to read your Bible so that you can't be washed about with every wind of doctrine. God help the churches today that just embrace wholeheartedly those who are doing nothing but draining their pocketbooks dry. And, and, and you know, I know this world gives evangelicals a hard time because of the fakes that have done just that, but you can't much blame them, can you? You can't much blame them. You know what we need to do? We need to determine that we're going to be genuine and authentic. And either we're going to do it by the book or we're not going to do it at all. Amen. But we're not going to play games with Calvary. We're not going to try to make a deal with God that's different than the deal he's proposing. Amen. And we need the kind of people that will accept the offer that God has on the table. And I'm fixing to get to that in just a minute. But let me say this. It's amazing how little that we'll settle for when we don't see all of who Jesus is. Don't you know that if those soldiers had really come to terms with who was hanging on the cross, that they would be much more sober-minded? Don't you know that if the Holy Spirit had revealed it to them, what was going on, that they would have distanced themselves from any idea or notion of making mockery or taking advantage of the situation? You know what the problem was? They didn't see Jesus for all of who he was. And so they settled for fragments of his garments. They made a deal that left them destitute and desperate and spiritually dry and hungry. Matthew 27 and verse 36 says, And sitting down they watched him there. 
And here's what I want you to take away from that. They watched him, but they were too blind to see him. Is that not the condition of many today who come to church possibly week after week? And they watch, but they can't see a thing. They, the devil has convinced them that their religion is going to get them to heaven. The devil's convinced them they're saved when they don't have any fruit of repentance in their life. The devil's convinced them that they're saved because they've been a member of the church for X amount of years and, and they haven't hardly missed any Sunday school, if any at all, and, and they've measured up their good works against the, their bad and they've convinced themselves that maybe they'll make it in and maybe God will be all right. And after all, I, I, I wasn't only raised in church preacher. I went to church for nine months while I was in my mama's belly. I don't care how long you've been to church. If you ain't been saved by the grace of God, you're going to go to hell without Jesus. It's not church membership. It's not church attendance. It's not do's and don'ts. It's not how much you have done. Listen, if you measure everything that you've done good in life and stack it up for God to observe, God would conclude that your very goodness is nothing but filthy rags in his sight. That which you value so much that you'll stake the eternal destiny of your soul upon is something that God values way differently than you. God sees all men, women, boys, and girls without Christ hopeless and helpless and not even measuring up to any ounce of goodness because of the sin curse that's innocent on us that exudes from us without Christ. And many have struck a deal with the devil. They've struck a deal with themselves. They've struck a deal with the church or they've struck a deal with religion or struck a deal with some false prophet or, or false preacher, uh, uh, amen, or something of, of that nature. And, and they're selling themselves way short and they're going to stand before God. And Jesus said, in that day, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. But wait a minute. They just told him all the good they did. That's exactly right. And the very good things they were boasting of were the works of iniquity that he called them out for. What they thought was good did not amount to anything but wickedness because it wasn't covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is none good, no, not one. Amen. And you can't be good enough. That's the reason Jesus died on an old rugged cross so he could pay your sin debt for you. Amen. I'm glad that I don't have to count on Gary Caudle to get Gary Caudle to heaven. Amen. The day I got saved by the grace of God. I confess my sin. I, I received forgiveness and the Lord moved into my heart. He washed me in his blood and he made me as righteous as Jesus Christ himself because the blood had been applied to my life. And that's what you need, my friend. You don't need another deal with the devil or a deal with yourself. You need a relationship with God Almighty bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said you must be born again. Somebody say amen. You must be born again. There is no other way. You say that's awful narrow. Narrow as it is, it's right as rain. Yeah. By the way, that, that uh, little label don't bother me. Jesus says straight is the gate and narrow is the way. 
that leadeth unto life. Yeah, you better believe it's narrow. Jesus said so himself. Few there be that find it. You know why there's so few? Because they're, though they're looking at him, they're blind to seeing who he really is. Some people can come to church their whole life and still be completely clueless about what it's really all about. That's why I pray every week, Brother Ron, that as we come to church and hear the preaching of the gospel, that the Holy Spirit will do for others what He did for me on September the 9th of 1990. And that is open their spiritually blinded eyes to the reality of where they stand with God and what they need to do to get it right. It's called conviction. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin and convinces you that you're a sinner. And that's one of the problems that many have today is they've never been convinced of the fact that they're lost and undone without God. They have convinced themselves that they're good enough. They've convinced themselves that they're saved and on their way to heaven. But you have no peace in your heart. You're miserable all the time. And you keep failing miserably because you don't have the aid of the Holy Spirit in your life to strengthen you to do right. And you wonder, why ain't you no better? And you keep going to church. You keep trying to patch it up. And you keep trying to do this. And you keep trying to do that. And you're looking for through all the fragments uh, uh, of the Word of God. And you're trying to give yourself peace. And Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life amen and he was preaching to that religious bunch that thought they had it all made they thought they were good they thought they were fit for heaven and Jesus said if you'll pay attention those scriptures are preaching about the very person me that you are currently rejecting and you can be in church and have a comfortable air conditioned ride all the way to the gates of hell let's make a deal What can you offer God that will impress him? When you're so blind, you don't even see what's actually happening. Can I park right here a minute? I I prayed that before I come, I said, Lord, put a, a holy hush over the congregation that somebody that needs the Lord might call on him. Let me ask you this. What will you get out of Jesus? What is your takeaway this morning? Oh, I believe in Jesus, preacher. The devils also believed and trembled. I believe in God. The devil also believes in God. You ain't no better than a devil without Jesus, without the blood. That doesn't impress God that you acknowledge his existence. He's looking for repentance. You know what repentance is? It's not a changing of the habit, but it is a changing of the heart. It's turning in your heart from yourself and your sin to Jesus Christ as the only remedy for your soul. And admitting I have sinned, I need to be forgiven, and if you'll help me, I will live for you. And the moment you turn in your heart to Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin is the instant If you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is the instant at which He saved your soul and you become a child of God. You become born again. Not a church member, but a a member of the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's a vast difference between the two. I believe Billy Graham was quoted one time as saying and believing that he believed as much as possibly 80% of those that are attending church could be lost 
and headed for hell. And I didn't come to try to convince anybody that they're lost. I just come to tell you the truth, that there are many who are lost and think they're saved because they've made a deal at the right place, but with the wrong motive. You need to be at the foot of the cross, but what are you doing there? Are you there to get gain for yourself? Or are you there to embrace Jesus for all He is? See, to embrace Jesus is to admit that you need Him. And many today in the world refuse the gospel because they say all oh, them Christians, they, need a, uh, they, they just need a crutch. That's exactly right. I need something to get me to heaven besides myself. Amen. And so do you, sir. So do you, ma'am. Do not rise up in the pride of your heart and presume that you don't need God because the longer you go, the more desperately you realize just how much you need Him. You may not admit it today. You may not admit it next week, but one day, sooner or later, mark my words, honey, you regret the day that you tried to make a deal with God that God would not accept. Let's make a deal. What will you do with Jesus? We reference Psalm chapter 22 because the passage that we read was a prophetic fulfillment of Psalm chapter 22. And in Psalm chapter 22, there was another verse where the Holy Spirit, uh, through the instrument of David, hinned these words prophesying of Jesus hanging on the cross where Jesus was pinned prophetically as saying, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. That word worm is an interesting word in the Hebrew language. Uh, I may not pronounce it correct, but I'm going to try. I'm going to pronounce it the way it looks like. And some of you Bible scholars will come to me afterward and tell me how I pronounce it wrong, and that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to pronounce it Atola, or Tolath. And uh, this, is, uh, this, this word bears the scientific name, and I don't expect you to remember this either, uh, Caucus Illicus, maybe. <laughs> Here's the meaning. Crimson worm. Crimson worm. This is actually a worm that exists in the Middle East and existed in Israel and still does today. When the time has arrived for this female worm, known as the crimson worm, to bear her young, listen to what happens. She attaches herself to a tree or a branch. Mm. Jesus said, I am a worm. And then she attaches herself so strongly that she is unable to detach herself. While doing so, she makes a hard shield to protect the little eggs that she lays under herself. And when the larvae hatch, they live protected under her body and feed themselves with their living mother. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When this little young worm, uh, these little young worms are able to look after themselves after a few days, the mother dies and a scarlet red liquid see, uh, leaks out 
at that moment which colors not only the wood to which they are attached, but the little young worms as well for the rest of their lives. And then three days after the death of the mother, are you listening? Her body loses its scarlet red color and changes into a kind of white wax which falls to the ground like snow. And Jesus said, the word said rather in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Can I say it this way? Let's make a deal. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Aren't you glad today to know that God is proposing a deal? that if you'll accept it uh, it'll wash your sins away uh, and he which is red like crimson uh, shall be made as white as snow in the eyes of God those who are worms those who are wretches those who admit that they're miserable wretched poor blind and naked without God will be washed and made white as snow in the eyes of God and there on Calvary we are protected beneath the sacrifice of the Lamb of God which gave himself for whosoever that would call upon his name amen and I'm glad to tell you that you cannot by this offering. Let me read you a verse out of now. Isaiah 55 and verse 1. It says, Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the water. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and drink without money and without price. God is looking for an exchange. God is looking for a transaction to take place. But he's saying, leave your money at the house because your money ain't going to help you. What is the currency of heaven? The currency of heaven is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment you place your faith in the completed work at Calvary who died on a cross for your sin is the moment heaven places the transaction for your soul and all of a sudden you're bought and you're paid for with no money because you cannot buy what God gave because you can't give what God gave. Amen. And so he said since they can't afford such a great salvation, I'll have to offer it free of charge. And the only thing I ask is faith in my darling son, Jesus Christ. And I don't care what they call me today. You can call me old fashioned. You can call me whatever you want to call me. But there's still only one way to heaven and his name is Jesus Christ and I do not apologize for that and if you don't know Jesus is your savior I don't care if you're a Catholic I don't care if you're a priest I don't care if you're a Buddhist I don't care who you are what you claim if you have not put your faith in Jesus uh, let me say it this way to make myself real clear if Mother Teresa did not put her faith in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of her sins uh, then she is in hell today I don't I'm not saying she is but if the, I'm just simply saying it doesn't matter who you are what you've done what you believe if you don't put your faith in Jesus there's no hope for you you did mother Teresa get saved i have no idea i hope she did but it is conceivable that anybody could live a morally decent life outside of the aid of the holy spirit so far as the public can see and still lose their soul
I want to ask you a question. What kind of deal are you trying to push through today? One that you're proposing to God or one that He is proposing to you? Are you gambling with the fragments of religion, picking and choosing what you'll keep and what you'll trade and what you'll give and what you'll take and what you'll get gain off of and what is insignificant to you? Or will you behold Jesus in all of his splendor and all of his glory and admit the wretch that you are without him and surrender totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.